Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents part two of his teaching, Let Your Light Shine. All right, praise the Lord. You know, last week we started a series called Let Your Light Shine. And we've been talking about the importance of letting your light shine in a world that is increasingly dark. All of this is especially relevant in light of the great revival that I believe and many other preachers and teachers and prophets believe is upon us. And our responsibility as a church and as believers to do our part to bring in that harvest. Now, as I said last week, if we look at the circumstances around us, revival seems to be breaking out in other parts of our country and other parts of the world, but nothing much seems to be happening here in Wilmington. Amen. But that is subject to change, and I believe it is going to change. Amen. Listen, if there's going to be revival in America, if there's going to be revival in North Carolina, if there's going to be revival in Wilmington, Faith Life Fellowship, we're going to be a part of it. We're going to be in the thick of it. Amen. We will not be left out. Hallelujah. I've been praying too long for this, to be left out of this great move of God. So in spite of the darkness that we see, in spite of what we hear, in spite of what we read, I believe there's a special grace, there's a special anointing that's on the body of Christ right now that's going to make our light shine brighter than they ever have before. And it's going to make it easier than ever to get people saved and brought into the kingdom of God. So we need to make up our minds that we're going to receive that special grace, we're going to receive that special anointing, and we're going to let our light shine like never before. You know, we spent some time last week making the case that the light that shines in us today is the same light that God shined on the chaos and darkness covering the earth in the beginning. It was also the same light that shined through the darkness of Jesus' day and the time of the early church. And if it dispelled the chaos and darkness back in those days... That same light can surely dispel the darkness and the chaos of our day and our time. Amen? Amen. That's why it's important to let your light shine. The darker it gets, the brighter our light should shine. Amen? We left off last week with a verse from Mark 5.16, which sums up pretty much what we're talking about in this series. Let me read it to you again. And we'll go back and read it in context. Matthew 5, 16. By the way, all of the scriptures we're using today are from New King James Version, except for the very last one. It will be English Standard Version. So Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So when you let your light shine and people see that light shine, the Bible says the Father receives glory because of it. So now I want to read it to you in context because we're going to use this passage to form an outline 
to talk about shining your light in this day and age. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. This is Jesus speaking to his followers. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. So, as I've already alluded to, these verses, if you read through them a couple of times, they form a pretty good outline that we can follow to help us walk out these truths in our everyday lives. Matthew 5.14, Jesus tells us, You are the light. That's you and me. That's not some other you. That's you and me are the light of the world. Matthew 5, 14 and 15 together tell us, don't hide your light. And then Matthew 5, 16 tells us, let your light shine. Amen. So we'll begin with Matthew 5, 14. You are the light. If you're a follower of Jesus... Jesus says, you are the light of the world. But before we became the light of the world, you got to know that Jesus was the original light of the world. Amen. He was our example. He was our forerunner. John chapter 9, verse 4 through 7. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. This is Jesus speaking now. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed And came back seeing. Glory. Amen. Now this is the story of the healing of the man born blind. Which was one of the seven signs of the book of John. Which we talked about in our recent series. And I want you to take note that one of the ways that Jesus shined his light. Was through miraculous healings. Like the healing of the man born blind. Amen. Do you see that? One of the ways you can shine your light. Is laying hands on the sick. Amen. Then Jesus makes it clear that as long as he was on the earth, he would be the predominant light of the world. Follow me now. It was day, quote unquote, because he was the light and he was still in the world. And the works, the miracles associated with that light would be done predominantly by him. But he knew there was a period of night coming, darkness coming, after he left this world. And it would be a while before his followers would take up the baton and become the light of the world themselves. He knew there was going to be a transition period. So he wanted to train them to be the future lights of the world. Amen. Jesus talks about that just one chapter before in John chapter 8, if you would turn to John chapter 8, verse 10 through 12. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, 
He said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now this is the tail end of the story where Jesus dealt with a mob that was ready to stone to death a lady that was caught in the act of adultery. And of course, my question is, where was the guy? Where was the man? But I want you to notice that he responded with compassion and forgiveness. He didn't lay down the law on her and say, they're right. By the law, you should be stoned. No, he said, go and sin no more. I forgive you. Verse 12, then Jesus spoke to them again. Now we're talking about his followers because all of the guys that had rocks in their hands <laughs> dropped their rocks and went home. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. So the first thing I want you to see is that another way that Jesus shined his light was by extending mercy and forgiveness to someone who was guilty of great sin. Do you see that? The other thing I want you to see is this. Jesus said to his followers, and I'm paraphrasing here, I'm the light of the world right now, but one day soon you're going to have the same light that I have. And you're going to shine my light in the whole world, something I couldn't do while I was on the earth. So what are you talking about, Brother Scott? Well, remember, we talked about this before. Jesus constrained himself to the limitations of a physical body. Historians believe he never traveled more than 200 miles from his hometown his whole life. He could only be in one place at one time and minister to a set group of people at one time. And yet, because his light now dwells in born-again believers... His light can be seen in the lives of millions of believers all over the world. That's what he was talking about. That's you and me. So the next item on our outline is don't hide your light. Don't hide your light. Jesus says your light should be like a city on a hill that everyone can see even from a great distance. He said, don't hide your light under a basket. Put it on a lampstand. Put it where people can see it. Put it where people can benefit from the light. Amen. Give you an example. I call this office talk. Let's say you're the only believer in an office environment or some type of work environment, and a spiritual discussion arises among some of the other employees. When they start speaking against what you believe, do you decide to keep the peace and stay silent? Or do you look for opportunities to speak up and defend your beliefs? Do you speak the truth in love and then let the chips fall where they may? They may not like you, but at least they know where you stand. Amen. Or do you keep your thoughts to yourself and say, next time I'll speak up? Listen, when you stand up for your beliefs in word or in deed in the midst of unbelievers, 
you are shining your light brightly and dispelling the darkness that lives in their heart. And you never know who might be watching you and how close they might be to saying yes to Jesus. I want to share a testimony. Long time ago, years after going through officer training, years after going through officer training and flight training together, I got a friend, sent me a letter. His name was Hal, my friend that went with me through officer training and flight training together. I kind of botched that. He was stationed on the West Coast, and I was stationed on the East Coast. And when I was on deployment flying helicopters off of the USS Guam, Hal wrote me a letter in which he told me how much he admired my stand of faith while we were in training together years ago. He said it made such an impression on him that it was one of the reasons that he gave his life to Jesus and started taking his family to church. Amen. I was completely unaware that he was watching me that closely, and yet it made an impact on his life. Don't hide your light because you never know who's watching. Be wise and listen to the Holy Spirit, however, but be bold enough to tell people what you believe when the opportunity arises. I can't tell you how many times I've seen an opportunity come and go because I wasn't courageous enough to jump on it. Let's change that. Let's be courageous enough to jump on the opportunities and shine our light when given that opportunity. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's talk about one-on-one experiences. When someone tells you one-on-one, this happened to me recently, they tell you their belief system, and it's not biblical, it's not godly, in fact, it's quite wacky. Do you lovingly tell them that you believe Jesus is Lord, that he paid the price for the sins of the whole world, and all you have to do is accept that sacrifice and you too can be saved. You see how quickly I was able to get that out? Probably less than 30 seconds. Or do you just let them talk, nod your head in agreement, and say something like, well, it's good that you believe in something, but I have different beliefs. Why not tell them right away what your beliefs are, amen? It won't cost you more than 20 or 30 seconds. So these are just a few examples, and I'm sure you can think of some yourselves. So don't hide your light. Put it on a lampstand. Put it on the hill, and let it shine brightly wherever and whenever you are given the opportunity. Amen. And the last item on our outline is Matthew 5, 16 tells us to let your light shine. Let your light shine. All right, so we've already learned from Jesus' example that there are things that we can do that will cause our light to shine brightly. You can shine your light brightly by laying hands on the sick and believing for miracles in their bodies. You can shine your light brightly by walking in love and extending mercy and forgiveness to all those around you. And in the book of Philippians, we find some other ways we can shine our light. Things we can do and things we can stop doing that will make our light shine more brightly. So turn with me, if you would, to Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. 
through 16. Philippians 2, verse 14 through 16. And I want you to know there's a lot of good stuff in this passage. So I'm going to go verse by verse so we don't miss anything. Amen? Verse 14 says, Do all things without complaining and disputing. Now, I'm not looking at anybody. I'm looking over everybody's head. Do all things without complaining and disputing. In other words, Paul is saying, do life. Live life without complaining. Don't be a complainer. Don't be a griper. No matter how bad things may seem to be in your life, don't go there. Amen? Don't go there. Be a worshiper and be thankful to the Lord even in the tough times. Watch what you say and watch how you act around others. Don't be a disputer. That word there means an arguer. Someone that's always looking for an excuse to argue with someone about something or someone. Amen. Don't go there. Don't engage in that. Don't be an argumentative person. When you meet people who are cranky and ornery, but you got to deal with them for whatever reason, treat them nicely. Speak to them kindly. Even when they're speaking to you horribly. You never know. They may be cranky on the outside. They may be ornery on the outside. But on the inside, they may be craving to have a relationship with someone like you. Someone that can point them to Christ and a better life. So let them be cranky. Let them be ornery. But shine your light into their life anyway. Amen. I know everybody out there has been in that situation at least one time. So don't be a chronic complainer or someone who's constantly arguing about something with someone. Get these things out of your life, verse 15, that you may become blameless and harmless. That word harmless there, it is also translated innocent. That you may become blameless and innocent children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, listen to this, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Paul says we should live our lives as blameless and innocent children of God, walking uprightly, and it implies they were walking, that we're walking in submission to our Heavenly Father as children of God. And when we do this, he says we shine our lights in the midst of a very, very dark world. Verse 16, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. You know, another way we can shine our lights is by immersing ourselves in the Word of God. Preachers and teachers, we spend a lot of time studying and preparing and putting out the Word to the people of our congregations. And so Paul is saying he's doing the same thing. So hold fast to the Word you've been taught. Don't Take it lightly. Put it into practice into your lives. Amen. Hear the word. Read the word. Memorize the word. Meditate the word. Speak the word. And most importantly of all, do the word. Live the word. Take it with you everywhere you go. And when the opportunity arises, let that word shine into the heart of someone who hasn't heard it before. 
one last thing before we move on. Sometimes the light that is shining out of you becomes visible to others. They can actually see your light with their physical eyes. This is especially true when you're preaching the Word, either to a group or to someone one-on-one. You know, in 2012, I was invited to preach at Grace Moravian Church in my hometown of Mount Airy. You know exactly where it is, don't you? It's one of the prettiest churches in town. It's where I got saved. It's where I got filled with the Spirit. It's where my life was changed forever. And they invited me to preach because I wrote a book in 2011, and it did real well. And I mentioned in that book that Grace Moravian Church had a place in my heart because that's where I went and got saved and filled with the Spirit. So they invited me to come preach. And my college roommate at NC State, he found out about it, and he and his wife drove from Raleigh to hear me preach. After the service, they pulled me aside and shared with me that they had seen a bright light all around me the entire time I was preaching. Now, these are nominal believers. They, they don't know about such things, you know. He, he goes to a denominational church, and so this was completely new to them. They said, does that happen to people? We've never seen anything like that before. I said, evidently it does. At first, they thought it was a strange manifestation of the lighting in the sanctuary, but when they noticed that everywhere I moved, the light moved with me, they knew they were witnessing something supernatural. And they paid attention to what I said. Amen. Hallelujah. They saw my light shining, and I was completely unaware of it. And to this day, there's a couple hundred people there that morning. I don't have any idea how many more people saw that light when I preached that morning. I mean, I didn't even think I was preaching that well. I was just teaching a simple message on how to hear God speak in your everyday life. So nowadays, I think about that, I see it as a metaphor. Listen to this. Whether it's seen physically or not, there will be times in your life when your light is shining brightly to those around you, and you are completely unaware of it. They're watching you. You just don't know they're watching you. You're just walking through life, walking uprightly, fellowshipping with the Lord and with others, and experiencing the emotional ups and downs of life, yet the light of the Lord is shining brightly through you. You don't have it all together, but the light of God is still shining through you anyway, amen? Because it's not about you and what you've done. It's about what Jesus did, amen? He put that light in you whether you deserve it or not, amen? And we don't deserve it. But thank you, Jesus, you give us the light anyway. You fill us with the light of God, the resurrection power of God. It shines brightly from the inside out. Amen. So this is kind of the punchline for this second session. So what happens when we shine our lights individually and collectively as the worldwide body of Christ? What happens? What is the potential of such a thing if everybody let their light shine all over the world? in every local church in America and all the nations of the earth. Amen. Let me show you that in the Word. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60. We'll start at verse 1. It's where Isaiah is prophesying about the future glory of Israel. But I want you to see as we read it, 
that it's also speaking prophetically to spiritual Israel, which is the worldwide body of Christ. That's you and me. Therefore, we can apply it to our day and our time when it seems like darkness is poised to take over the whole earth. Isaiah 60, 1 through 5, English Standard Version. I'm going to read it to you one time, and then we're going to go back verse by verse. It's just so packed with revelation. It's just awesome. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be seen upon you. I tell you what, i gotta, I got to do something. i got to walk around, you know, my, my podium here, praise the Lord. Because I'm just excited about what I just read. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can't run because i got a leash, you know, so i got to do what I can do, you know. Verse 3 says, And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Woo, glory. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your son shall come from afar, and your daughter shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Amen. Your heart shall thrill and exult, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. Glory to God, we got to go through this, and you got to see what I see. Maybe you'll see more than I see. Verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Prophetically, that is speaking to us Christians. That's you and me. That's the church of America. That's the church of the world. That's certainly the church of Wilmington, and it's certainly the church, Faith, Live Fellowship. Amen. Amen. Arise, shine, for your light has come. It's already here. And the glory of the Lord has already risen upon you. Why? Because of the impending darkness. Verse 2 says, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. We can't argue that darkness has covered the earth. It's everywhere. It's threatening to take over the earth. It's frightening if we don't know our butts. Got to get our butts in the right place. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the people. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. There's a reason the light is rising on you now. It's to counter the darkness of our day and our time. Amen. And it can be countered and it will be countered if you will stand up and let the glory of the Lord arise on the inside of you and let your light shine like never before. Listen to this, and nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising, amen. We're talking about a revival here that has the potential to bring entire nations to Jesus. So many people in a nation shining their lights brightly that it changes the course of history for that nation, amen. They go from being a goat nation to being a sheep nation, amen. Glory to God. And the kings of those nations are also influenced by the brightness of the rising of the church of God all over the world. Amen. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They shall gather together. 
they come to you. Listen to this. Your son shall come from afar. I think this is talking about the prodigals. All of those that we know that once walked with God and they've walked away and we wondered if they would ever come back. The Bible says there's a day that they're going to come back. Amen. Fathers will be reunited with the prodigal sons. And it, and it talks about mothers being reunited with their daughters, carrying them on the hip. That's a, that's a metaphor for they become childlike in their faith, like when they were young, when they were riding on your hip. But it talks about bringing back the prodigals, the prodigal sons and the prodigal daughters. Amen. They're coming back. Amen. If you got some in your life, say they're coming back. I'm holding on to this scripture. They're coming back. Hallelujah. I'm going to let my light shine. I'm going to let the glory rise on me because they're coming back. My son or my daughter, they're coming back into the fold in Jesus' name. Then you shall see and be radiant. That's talking about putting out radiation. That's another way of shining your light, amen. Did you know that light is just another form of electromagnetic radiation? I know that because I have a post-hole digger degree. PhD for you non-scientific folks. And it's in engineering and the sciences. Amen. Then you shall see and be radiant. In other words, radiation will be seen coming off of you. We're going to talk about this next week. I'm trying not to go there too soon. Your heart, listen to this, this is amazing. Your heart shall thrill and exult. That word there, exult, is the Hebrew word that means your heart shall tremble and start to grow larger. You'll be so thrilled when you see this begin to happen. Your heart will tremble and it'll start to grow larger. It's a picture of your heart almost beating out of your chest. You're so excited about what God is doing on the earth. Glory to God. Why? Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. Oh, that, what does that mean? That doesn't seem like something that will make my heart explode. No, listen. Anytime in Scripture you see a reference to a sea or an ocean, and it's not specifically named what sea or ocean that it is, it's talking about the masses of humanity, in our case, the masses of unsaved humanity that are out there. And it says, listen, then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall be so thrilled, it'll seem like it's beating out of your chest because the masses of unsaved humanity are coming into the fold. They're coming into the kingdom of God. They're coming unto us. Amen. If you can't get excited about that, I don't know what you can get excited about. As one preacher said, if that doesn't light your fire, your wood is wet. <laughs> Glory to God, I have preached myself happy. I just had a little bit of anxiety when I came in, but just flew out the window. All right, let me wrap it up by saying this. Next week, we will continue our series on Let Your Light Shine. And we'll talk about some of the coolest stuff you'll ever find in the Bible with supporting archaeology, the healing radiation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Talk about shining your light. Amen? Amen.
We hope you enjoyed part two of Dr. Forrest's message, Let Your Light Shine. If you are in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 10 a.m. for coffee and fellowship and 10.30 for worship and service. If you would like to learn more about us and hear more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.